0: Jesus is only hours away. From taking upon himself. The full wrath of God. Against all the sin. Of all who would ever believe. No human being has ever. Will ever or could ever. Understand. Or experience pain and suffering. Of this magnitude. And yet. As terrible and awful as it was, it was God's will. Sometimes, doing God's will is hard. You and I will never be called upon to do anything even remotely as hard as what Jesus faced. But the fact remains that sometimes doing God's will is very, very hard. And that poses a question. How do you do God's will when it's really hard? I don't know about you, but my faith can be so small sometimes... My flesh, my sinful human nature, fights me constantly. I'm not as strong as I ought to be. I find it hard enough to do God's will in the little things. How in the world can I do God's will when it's really hard? How do you do God's will when it's hard? Well, you start by doing what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Pray. In Mark chapter 14, you have your Bible. If you don't have one or didn't bring one, please look in the back of the pew in front of you. You'll find a Bible there will be in Mark chapter 14, verse 32 to 42. I'll give you a moment to locate that and invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. Then they came to a place named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here until I have prayed. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them, fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he was saying, Abba, Father. All things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us go. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. Let's pray. Father, we know you have a clear message for your people through this word. Open our ears to hear it today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. When we come to the verses that we've just read, the Last Supper has just ended. Jesus described the elements in the meal in terms of His sacrificial death. He said, this bread is my body broken for you. This blood is my blood poured out for many. So the bread symbolized His sacrificial death. But now that the supper is over, the time has come for Jesus to give substance to the symbolism. In other words, the bread and the wine simply symbolized his sacrificial death. Now he had to perform what the bread and wine only pictured. They symbolized his sacrifice. Now the time come for him to actually offer himself as a sacrifice. All of his life, Jesus had walked in the perfect will of God. Every step, every moment. Now, God's will was leading him to the cross. Where does Jesus turn for the strength he'll need? Where does he turn for the supernatural help that he's going to need to follow through with God's will, endure the suffering and cross and death, it bearing the sin of the world on his shoulders, being alienated from his father for the first time in eternity? Where does he turn for the strength he's going to need to endure? it? He turns to his father. He turns to prayer. And that's where we must turn when doing God's will is hard. The main idea of this message today is simply this. Prayer enables us to do God's will when it's hard. Prayer enables us to do God's will when it's hard. In these verses, we can see five things that we need if we're going to do God's will when it's hard. And all five of them are related to prayer. First, let's just begin with the obvious. To do God's will when it's hard, you need prayer. It says in verse 32, Jesus and his disciples went to a place named Gethsemane. They have been in Jerusalem the week of Passover. Gethsemane is on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives is to the east of Jerusalem, to the east of the temple, right across the Kidron Valley, okay? So Jerusalem and the temple are on a mountain. There's a valley, and right across that valley is the Mount of Olives. Gethsemane is a garden on the Mount of Olives. The word Gethsemane means oil press. What it means is there's a grove of olive trees here, and in that grove of olive trees... There's a, an, a press where they press the olive oil. This is a place Jesus went to many times with his disciples. That's how Judas knew that's where he'd be. And he's gone here for what? Look at it, verse 32. He said to his disciples, Sit here until I have prayed. Think about this. These are his last hours. Before he will be arrested, tortured, and killed. These are the last hours before he will bear the weight of the world's sin on his shoulders. How's he going to spend those last hours? How's he going to prepare himself for what he knows lies ahead? Now, now let's just be honest. To describe what Jesus endured as hard is the understatement of the century. It was impossibly hard. No human could ever understand what we went through. I need to tell you, it wasn't the physical death that was the hardest part for Jesus. It wasn't the physical suffering. There's no possible way for us to understand how incredibly difficult what he endured was. But here's one thing he knew. He was going to need divine strength. Strength that only God could provide. He was going to need divine wisdom. Wisdom only God could provide. Yes, Jesus was God, but keep in mind he was human. He was truly God, but he was truly human. He took upon himself a physical body and became human. And with that, many of the limitations of humanity. He would have to rely on his father. Can I tell you this? In these hours, Jesus didn't need a pep talk. You can do it, you can do it. No, 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 no. He needed his father. He needed supernatural help from heaven. Nothing could prepare him for what he was about to face except God. The resources and strength and help of God. I want you to think about something. Suppose you're going to replace the pistons in the car engine. Some things you're going to have to have. You're going to have to have some tools. You know what else you're going to have to have? You're going to have to have some training. You can't just walk outside and tear an engine apart and replace the pistons and make it work if you don't have any idea what you're doing. That's not an easy job. I want you to think about this. For you just to go out and do those hard things for God, you can't do it without some tools and without some help. You need wisdom. You need strength. You need equipping. Where are you going to get it? Where's it going to come from? Where are you going to get the tools you need to do the hard thing? Where are you going to get the wisdom you need to do the hard thing? Are you going to try to run a marathon without training and conditioning yourself first? No. Are you going to try to do the hard things for God, to follow God's will when it's hard? Are you going to to try to do that without first preparing, without first seeking to get what you need to be able? Can I tell you this? Doing God's will is hard enough with God's help. Without God's help, it's impossible. Amen. That's why you have to pray. That's why Jesus prayed. He knew without divine help from his Father, he could never endure. And neither could you, neither could I. We must pray. I want you to think for just a minute about the Lord's Prayer. Think about this. Can, how the Lord's Prayer can actually help you to pray when you have to do God's will in a difficult situation. The first request is hallowed be your name. And this is a sense of your praying, God, be glorified in the doing of your will. Your kingdom come. God, as I seek to do your will, may the cause of Christ be advanced. Your will be done. God, even though this is hard, may your purpose be accomplished. Give us this day our daily bread. God, provide me with everything that I need to be able to do your will in the midst of difficulty. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. God, forgive me when I fail to do will. deliver us from temptation from the evil one God fortify me against the enemy's temptations because he would want me to abandon God's will and take the easy way out God you strengthen me against the enemy see we have to we have to pray you need prayer and not just your own prayer here's the second thing you need if you're going to do God's will and it's hard you need prayer but you need partners you need partners verse 33 Jesus took with him Peter and James and John he left all but three of his disciples and he took Peter and James and John with him and he separated himself These were Jesus' three closest companions. These are the three Jesus took with him on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. These are the three Jesus brought in with him when he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. We don't know exactly why, but these three were Jesus' inner circle. These were the ones who would be the primary leaders of the apostles, Peter, James. Jesus brought them with him to share in his sorrow. Look what it says in verse 33. He began to be very distressed and troubled. The, the idea of distress means he's overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed. Troubled means he's anxious and he's in anguish. Didn't notice what it says in verse 34. He said to Peter, James, and John, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Deeply grieved, essentially very sorrowful. Very sad. Even to the point of death. That means his sorrow is so deep, he feels like he is dying. He, He shares his sorrow with his three closest... Companions. doing God's will really can be hard sometimes and can I tell you you need close companions to share your sorrow even Jesus had three companions that he took and shared things that he didn't share with everybody else he let them get a glimpse of how he was truly feeling and I tell you today if you're going to do God's will and it's hard you don't need to try to do it alone you need some people that you can pour out your heart to and you can share your pain and sorrow with you need a few people that you can do what Jesus did and you can say to them I am overwhelmed I am sad to the point of death My anxiety level is through the roof. You need people you can be honest with. And I want you to watch something. Verse 34. Remain here and keep watch. What does that mean, keep watch? Well, it means to stay awake, stay alert. Why does he want them to stay awake and stay alert? Look at verse 38. Keep watching and praying. He wants them awake and alert so they can devote themselves to prayer. Can I tell you? You don't need partners just so you have somebody you can pour out your sorrow to. You need partners who can look out for you and pray for you. Who can know what's going on in your heart of hearts who can be alert to what's going on in your life so they can pray with you and for you. Now, The honest part is Jesus' companions in this situation proved to be less than the ideal partners. They ended up sleeping, but that doesn't change the need. We need people who can share our sorrow, who can be looking out for us, who can Pray with us and for it. Listen, can I tell you one of the hardest parts about being a preacher? And that it's awful hard to find people like that. Can I tell you? You may find it hard to believe. But sometimes as a pastor, you can find people in your church that you sincerely believe you can confide in. You can share your pain and your struggles. And you can do that. And then down the road, they'll use that against you. You'll say something they don't like or do something they don't like or leave the church somewhere they don't want to go. And they'll remember those things you told them, those struggles, and they'll use that against you. Can you believe people would do that? Been there, done that. Thank God I have a friend named Terry Fant, who I spent some time with this past week in Tennessee. I have a friend named Terry Fant that I can call. Terry's a preacher, and I can, I can just dump on him, and he does the same with me. We kind of have a code. He'll say, that old black dog's on me today, and I know what he means. You need people like that. You need somebody, you need a couple of somebodies. So two things I'd say to you. First, you have to identify them. You need, peop- you need to identify some people you can share with. And I'm gonna give you a couple of things. You need people who are trustworthy. You need partners you can trust. And you need people who are spiritually minded. You don't need spiritual infants. When you're, when you're trying to do God's will in the midst of difficulty, you need some people who have some spiritual mindedness about them, some spiritual uh, maturity. And you need people who are people of prayer in the word, people who are committed to praying for you and people who are committed to helping you, guiding you according to scripture. You, you need some people who are spiritually mature, some people who are trustworthy. If you don't know anybody like that, you need to pray God would give you some people in your life like that, or pray God would show you who you can trust. For you ladies, I'm going to tell you, you ain't got a better friend in this church than her. Now she's told ladies for years and years and years and years, call me. I'll pray for you. I'll help you. And they don't. But I'm telling you ladies, if if you really need somebody who will link arms with you and you can share with and trust her confidentiality and Somebody who you can trust will guide you according to the word. Somebody you can trust will pray for you. You ain't got a better friend than her. You ain't got a better friend. Yeah, the same with me. If you don't have somebody, you can come to me and my wife. And listen, when you, when you identify some people, you need to rely on them. Don't hesitate to call on folk when you need them. If you know some people you can trust, some people who are spiritually mature can help you, some people you can share things with that you don't share everything with, some people that you can share things with that you don't share with everybody else, a couple of people, two or three maybe, use them. Can I tell you this? If people mind you calling them, then they're not good partners. Anybody that's going to be a good prayer partner for you is not going to mind. They're going to want you to come to them. I promise you coming to my wife is not a bother for her she wants you to she delights in it and can i tell you this you need to be a good partner for others you need to be the kind of person that somebody can come to and pour their heart out to and they can trust you and you'll 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 pray with them even if you don't have the answer you'll link arms with them and pray with them and share their sorrow and look out for them. Will you be a good partner for someone else? Maybe today you want to you go to somebody in this room and, and say, you know what, if you need somebody, I want you to know that I'm here. Maybe that's just exactly what somebody needs today. Maybe you know somebody who's going through some things. Maybe today would be a great day for you to go to them and say, I want you to know I'm here. You need prayer and you need partners at the third thing you need today you also need perspective. perspective when you pray you need to pray with the right perspective I want you to look with me for just a minute at Jesus prayer and what he prayed verse 35 it says he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible the hour might pass from him If it were possible means if God wills. It is possible. He says in the very next verse, all things are possible with you. He knows it's possible. But understand, Jesus is not wanting to change God's mind. He's not trying to change God's will. He's seeking to align himself with it. In other words, God, if it is within your will to do this another way other than the cross, do that. But if it's your will that it must be done this way, Then that's what I want you to do. The hour. He talks about the hour might pass for me. The hour simply means the time of his suffering and death. He said, that time has come if your will. Let's do this another way. I want you to see his perspective. His perspective is if it's your will. That's where you have to begin when you're praying to do God's will in a hard time. You have to begin with with the understanding that my purpose in prayer is not to get what I want, but to align myself with God's will. Because sometimes hard is God's will. I want you to notice something else when it comes to perspective. Notice what Jesus prays in verse 36. He says, Abba. Father. Think about this. Father, what does it mean that God is your Father? It means he loves you perfectly. And he wants only what is good for you. That'll help your perspective when you're praying, trying to do God's will in the midst of a hard time. You remember this God I'm praying to is not some distant God off up there who doesn't care about me. This is my Father who loves me and wants only what's good for me. Notice what he says next. All things are possible for you. Think about this, how this shapes your perspective for prayer. Could God remove the difficulty from your life the pain from your life, the suffering from your life. Whatever's making it hard to do his will, could God remove that from your life? Yeah. If he doesn't, what does that say? Remember, he's your loving father. If he doesn't, that means that's not what's best for you. See? Jesus said, I know you can. And that means if you don't, it's because you know what's best. You know the hardship is what I need. He says, Yet not what I will, but what you will. Here's your perspective. You ready? Doing God's will. Is more important than God taking away your pain. That's the perspective we pray with. God doing your will is more important than me being comfortable. More than me having a pain free suffering free existence. What's more important is that your will is accomplished in and through my life. That's the perspective Jesus prayed with. That's the perspective we pray with. me tell you so you understand when jesus prays god if it's in your will to avoid this he is not afraid of physical death what is it that's got him so grieved so anxious so nervous because he's fixing to suffer the judgment of god he's fixing to die as a ransom for sinners He's fixing to shed his blood to seal the new covenant with God. He's fixing to die as a sin offering. He's fixing to become a curse for us. He's fixing to be alienated from the Father for sinners. That's what's got his heart in anguish. It's not the physical pain of death. Although I'm sure he wasn't excited about that either. Listen these things in mind okay as you think about praying when you're in a situation it's hard to do god's will you're going to pray think about this your goal is to do god's will okay your goal is to do god's will keep this in mind god is your father he loves you he could remove the pain if it was best that means if he doesn't it isn't best Fourthly, doing God's will is more important than removing your pain. Can you keep that in mind? So, not only should you pray with the right perspective, you should pray for the right perspective. Say, God, help me. This is hard, and what I want is just to not hurt anymore, but I'm asking you to help me to give me the right perspective. Help me to seek your will above my own comfort and relief. I know you're my father. Do what's best. You need prayer. You need to pray with partners. You need to pray with perspective. And notice the fourth thing you need if you're going to do God's will and it's hard you need perseverance. Verses 37 to 40. After Jesus prays, he comes and finds Peter, James, and Don asleep. He says to Peter, Simon, why are you sleeping? Couldn't you keep watch? For one hour? One hour just means a short period of time. Not necessarily one 60 minute period, but just for a little while. Couldn't you keep watch? Pray for just a little while? What Mark wants us to see in verses 37 to 40 is a contrast between Jesus and the disciples. Jesus says to the disciples, keep watching and praying. That's present tense. That means keep on watching. Keep on praying. Continue watching. Continue praying. Stay alert. Stay in prayer. Persevere. Keep it up. Keep praying. Notice what he says. That you may not come into temptation. What's the temptation they were going to face? Their temptation was to run away and value their own safety more than their loyalty to Christ. Is that what they did? It's exactly what they did. They ran away and placed a greater value on their safety than they did their loyalty to Christ. And part of the reason why is right here. They didn't pray. They weren't watching. They weren't alert. They didn't devote themselves to prayer. So when the time came, they were powerless. They did not persevere in prayer. We ought to pray to be controlled. Watch this. Pray to be controlled by the Spirit, not the flesh. Look at verse 38. Keep watching and praying that you may not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is your sinful human nature. That means if your sinful human nature is controlling your thoughts and actions, you're not going to do what's right. You're going to always value your own comfort and safety more than the will of God. Your loyalty to Christ will never come in first place. If you're serving your own sinful human nature. But if you're submitted to the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God wants to be faithful to Jesus. What is Jesus saying? Listen, you got to keep praying. You got to keep praying, submitting to the will of the Spirit so that your flesh is not in control. When you're prayerless, you're powerless. It's why you have to persevere in prayer. Don't, don't listen, don't just say a prayer. But pray and keep praying. Pray and keep praying. Pray and keep praying. Your sinful human nature makes it impossible for you to consistently, joyfully, sacrificially do the will of God. Can I say that again? If you are not under the control of the Spirit, if you are not prayed up, it will be impossible for you to consistently sacrificially do the will of God you got to pray and keep praying and I want you to notice what Jesus did see verse 39 again he went away and prayed he went right back to praying verse 40 he came and found them sleeping a second time their eyes were heavy They didn't know what to say. Verse 41, he came the third time. What does that mean? That means he had gone back to praying again. And now came a third time to the disciples and found them sleeping. Three times the disciples are sleeping and neglecting prayer. Three times Jesus is pouring himself out to God in prayer. You see the contrast? Jesus is persevering in prayer. They're neglecting it. And when the hardship comes, Jesus does the will of God and they run. Listen, think about this. If you fail to persevere in prayer, what does that communicate? What does it say? If we don't persevere in prayer, what does it say? It says one of two things one it either says I don't need God when you don't pray when you don't give yourself to prayer you're essentially saying I don't need God or it says I'm not serious about doing God's will I don't need God why should I pray I don't need God I I got this Lord either says, I, I'm not going to give myself to prayer. I'm just going to do what I want to. And that says, you're not really serious about doing the will of God. Keep watching and praying present tense. Can I tell you why you keep watching and praying when it's hard to do the will of God? Because temptation is going to be constant. The temptation for you To abandon the will of God and do what's easy, do what's comfortable, that temptation is going to be constant. Why? Because the enemy is never going to let up. And because your temptation is constant, prayer ought to be what? Constant. And think about this. Your need for wisdom and strength is ongoing. There's never a moment when you don't need the wisdom and strength of God so because your need is ongoing, your prayer should be what? Ongoing. Prayer is critical for doing God's will when it's hard. And one of the reasons we must persevere in prayer is because we need peace. That's the fifth thing we need if we're going to do God's will when it's hard. You need peace. Look at verse 41. He came the third time, found the disciples sleeping. He said, You still sleeping and resting? It's enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. The hour, meaning the time for his suffering and death. The Son of Man is being betrayed. Okay, so here's the deal: The time has come for the cross so how does Jesus respond now that the time is here look at verse 42 get up let us go what does he mean let us go my betrayer is at hand he's saying Judas and the soldiers are here get up let's go out to meet them He's not saying, get up and let us go away. They've come to arrest me. Get up and let's run. No, 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 no. He's saying, get up, let us go to meet them. Does it seem like he's flooded with anxiety about what's fixing to happen? Does it seem like he's falling apart, nervous and distressed. Just a minute ago, he said, I'm sad to the point of death. I'm overwhelmed with anxiousness and anxiety and anguish. But now here he is. They've come to arrest him and he's not even going to make them come the whole way. He's going to meet them halfway. Why? He had been on his face before the Father. God had given him the resolve To do his will. God had given him peace. About what he had to do. That doesn't mean it wasn't going to be hard. But Jesus had made peace. With what he had to do. God had given him resolve. He had peace about the path. That was before him. So there was no more anxiety. There was no more hesitation. Doing God's will was no less hard. But now he had peace with it. God had given him in his soul peace and resolve so that he could face God's will with courage and not cowardice. God had given him peace so he could face it with faith and not fear. You probably don't know this about me, but I rode a motorcycle for a very, very short time. I'm talking about one of those big street bikes. I quit riding it. I didn't wreck it, but I would have. I couldn't relax on it. I was a nervous wreck. I was afraid of it. That's just the truth. I was afraid of it. I was nervous. And I knew if I couldn't relax on this thing, I'm going to kill myself. Because when you're nervous, what happens? Fear and anxiety paralyzes you. And either you're going to react when you shouldn't, or you're going to not react when you should, and you're going to end up killing yourself. What does fear and anxiety do? It paralyzes you. When it's hard to do God's will, what happens if you're filled with fear and anxiety about about facing it? It paralyzes you. And you end up doing the wrong thing or you end up doing nothing. That's why you need peace. Where does peace come from? Well, it just so happens the Bible tells us. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard, and, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Where does peace come from? To do God's will when it's hard, it comes from praying. It comes from prayer. Oh, listen, if you're going to do God's will in hard times, you need to be at peace about it. You need to find the resolve within you. This is going to be hard, but God's going to help me. I've got peace. I'm going to do it. Fear will paralyze you, but prayer can give you peace. What's the message today? Prayer enables us to do God's will when it's hard. Doing God's will is hard sometimes. But God has made everything you need available to you so that you can do His will, even when it's hard. You need wisdom. Why? You need wisdom to know what to do and how to do it. So pray. You need divine enablement so that you have the ability to carry out whatever it is God's called you to do. So pray. You need strength to withstand all the temptations of the enemy telling you to quit. So pray. Pray with partners. Pray with the right perspective. Pray with perseverance. Pray for God to give you peace. Listen, don't you understand? Your Father stands ready to supply you and sustain you and strengthen you. So pray. Who knows? what good thing God may be accomplishing in and through your life. Who knows what wonderful thing God may be accomplishing in the midst of your hard. Can I tell you something? Great accomplishments are always hard. They're always hard. For Jesus it was the cross But what was on the other side of the cross? The empty tomb. Victory was on the other side of the cross. Why do we do God's will when it's hard? Because of what's on the other side of hard. Victory is on the other side of hard. Doing God's will is going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it to pray.